Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children and anarchists of all ages, welcome to the Dark Lord Reaper United States of Anarchy podcast. I am the man without a plan, the Dark Lord himself, the Nightmare King, giving you unapologetic truth and hardcore facts. If you don't like what I have to say, two words, don't listen. Boycott my social media, boycott this podcast, boycott anything that has my name attached to it. If you're looking for celebrity gossip, this is not the podcast for you. This podcast is for real topics, real situations, for real people. It's been a long time, but not long enough. It's ironic that upon the anniversary of my one-year anniversary of doing this podcast, thank you to all my subscribers and my listeners for making this podcast the success it has been, and we will continue to grow this until you guys get tired of hearing it. But what are we going to talk about on this episode? Of course, we're going to talk about what's been going on. How we went from everyone being down with the sickness with COVID-19 to let's start a riot with everyone protesting the racial injustice and racial profiling done by the police and systematic racism. So, in this episode, we're going to have a roundtable discussion with some of my reoccurring guests on my show, as well as some new guests that you might know might not have heard, met yet, but you will. This is part one of a two-part episode, of a two-part roundtable discussion to talk about what's going on today and how we can move forward as a people. Now, please be advised, some of the things that will be said on this episode could be viewed as offensive. Some views, some of these views can also be viewed as narrow-minded or misinformed, but everyone has their opinion and they are entitled to it. So this is how we learn from each other. So buckle up, hold on tight, and let's get into it. Okay, and we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Let me introduce to you my one of my two guests for this evening. She is a reoccurring guest. She took the midnight, once again, took the midnight train all the way up to Georgia. Please welcome Destiny. Hey, it's good to be back. Welcome back. Um, we have a lot to cover and a lot to talk about. Our other guest, Charlene, our everybody's favorite um, Dominicana, she should be joining us shortly, ladies and gentlemen. So while, so while we're waiting, let's start off the conversation. I'm pretty sure everyone sees what's going on in the news. It's all over. As in the words of the late great Bob Marley, we're gonna rob tonight, we're gonna lose tonight, however the song goes. So let's start off. <laughs> let's start off with this the segment. Let's start off this segment with um basically we went from in terms if we're gonna put this in musical terms, we went from down with the sickness to let's start a riot. Within a matter of months. Now, Destiny, could you have predicted or seen this coming? Honestly, no. But, you know, I found it ironic that the fact that several states have started to open back up and then as soon as they have, you know, we're dealing with the same issues we have before the coronavirus. Right. Someone pointed out to me pointed out in a meme. This was supposed to be a joke, but it's actually because, you know, some jokes actually reflect life in itself. Mm-hmm. 
Um, the meme said everything got shut down in America, but systemic racism, bigotry, if you will. Right. And for viewers at who are listening, I mean listeners who are listening, who haven't really caught on to what we're talking about, we're talking about the murder, not death, the murder of a one George Floyd, the lynching of Ahmaud Aubrey, the assassination of Breonna Taylor, and many others that have culminated, that have sparked outrage all over the country and around the world. That's what we're talking about, which has culminated into riots and protests from New York City to George to Georgia, the streets of Minneapolis, Minnesota, as well as other parts of the country that you wouldn't think these things are happening. And oh yes, and overseas. In London, they are tearing it up. And we're going to discuss that later on in the show. But this episode is supposed to be a roundtable discussion. This is just part one. In part two, we will have more guests so we can have a more in-depth you know, conversation so we can get other perspectives on what's going on. So, to bring you guys up to speed, what triggered all these robberies, all these, um, all these riots and protests, was the, mur- the on-tape murder of George Floyd, a man that we saw get strangled to death by an officer. Your thoughts on that, Destiny? Honestly, the fact that it took, you know, that to happen for there to actually be some type of change implemented is just sad because I feel like, you know, people are, you know, feel some kind of way about it being the way that it is, but you want us to protest peacefully just so you can ignore it. But with this, with riots going on, you can't ignore it. Yes. I, I I agree. I agree. A great man once said, "A riot is the voice of the voiceless and the unheard." This is from this is a direct quote from the late great Martin Luther King. One of my problems with when people say protest peacefully and they want to bring up Martin Luther King, the the, the, the response should be he protested peacefully, and what was his reward? His house was blown up, his family family was threatened, he was thrown in prison numerous times. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, he was murdered. Ultimately. Mm -hmm. So, people, and and what shocking, what amazes me, and it shows me like, yes, it's time. It's time. A lot of the um, protesters that I have seen personally, if we're going to be a racial, a racial, a ratio, for every black protester that I have seen, both in person and on TV, I can honestly say that there was two Caucasian protesters for every one black protester. Mm-hmm. For every black protester. So, I honestly can say I am proud of that fact because it shows that there are people 
to see what's going on. But here's my question. The people who are seeing what's going on, is it because everyone's out of work? Or is it because they really see what's happening to innocent, unarmed people? And speaking of whom, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your favorite Dominicana, Charlene. How have you been, hon? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm fine. We're here just discussing current events. And I just wanted to have a, this is just part one of a two-part roundtable discussion on current events and what's going on in the world today. So we were just discussing the murder of George Floyd and the impact that it has caused in terms of the protest and people speaking up. Uh, could you give us your, your thoughts? All right, so technically it's not really world events. It's more like shit that's been happening since we were babies or before then. But all right, mm -hmm. I'll go with it. So far, I'll be honest with you, I watched the murder because that's what it is. Yes, we call it murder here, because that's what that was. So I, I watched the murder. I watched this man call for his mom. Oh, that broke my heart. And as a mom myself, I got to tell you, I lost it. I, I, cannot, I, I cannot stomach ever seeing something like that ever again. And to be honest I with you, honestly, I didn't mother, even finish the video. May she rest in peace. I know she passed, off, she passed on two years ago. Right. Two years ago on the day of his murder. Believe it or yeah. not. Wow. Yes. And here's another thing that people may or may not know about the murder of George Floyd. Apparently, prior to him being strangled by this officer, and I use the term officer loosely, you see it on camera, the officer and his four of and his three other co-defendants, well conspirators. Co um, you know, yeah because they are co-conspirators you see them assaulting him in the backseat of the car of the squad car because they put him in the squad car first and you see them struggling even though we can't see in detail what happened but it doesn't take a rocket scientist to tell what went down but me and destiny were discussing the the level of outrage that this has had is it because more people are not working at the moment? Or is it because people are seeing it and they're tired of seeing it? A little of both, because let's be realistic, okay? Everybody knows, especially in the summer, tensions run hot, you know? Mm -hmm. Now, you got mm -hmm. people being treated like animals, right? Or worse. Or worse, because right. had he right. had he been a Rottweiler, had he been a Doberman, had he been a Pitbull, Peter would have been so far up their asses. This, they, these That's true. officers oh, yes. would have already been murdered, and there would have been a lot more outrage too. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's be realistic. Speaking of outrage, speaking of outrage. After it was revealed what the officers did to Mr. George Floyd, do you know a lot of his co-workers were guarding his house because of the, 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 well, the unrest and the riots? Let me tell you something about, about, like about yeah, that. They, and I, again, look, I'm not here to, you know, please, I apologize ahead of time, but what I'm going to say is incendiary, and at this point, I don't give a fuck. 
the truth is that if mm -hmm. I were his mother, I would have looked right into a right. camera and said, fuck it, burn it all to the ground. I agree. I agree a hundred percent. Because as much as I went live, I didn't on my Facebook live. I don't know if you guys saw that. And I'm going to give the same sentiment now. I don't agree with trashing property. I'm under normal circumstances. I don't, even though I have anarchistic views. But in case I make the exception, because these people who are doing these things put more value on inanimate objects than the actual right. human life. What hurts me on this situation is that George Floyd was murdered over $20 that was allegedly fake. Right. And then you got people that are going on the internet, people like, uh, uh, what's her name, Conway? Who you talking about that? Uncle Ruckus looking bitch? Fuck her. <laughs> That's what we call her on the show. We're gonna find a we're not gonna call her we're not gonna call her no bitch. We have a nice name for her. We're gonna call her Auntie Ruckus. So Auntie Ruckus took it upon herself to go on social media and slander I this know, man's I know, I, I name wants to bring up I I did I didn't watch I, the video. I, I didn't watch it. Because I I feel at at this point I'm not gonna lie to you, I'm weary. Okay, like at this point I totally understand why Malcolm was like, you know what, Martin, you're great or whatever, but I'm sorry by any means necessary. That's at the point I'm at right now. What this bitch is about? Because let me tell you something. Okay, prior to her incendiary comments. I didn't know her. I didn't know her. Mm -hmm. No, but here's the thing, though. She's no, been saying things like saying. this for a long time. But here's a but secret I about... But I the type, okay? I treat everybody, I treat everybody exactly the same. If I look at the face and I yes. don't want to hear it, That's how I'm not gonna. And you can't make me. So in this, yeah. so in this particular matter, in this particular because... case... I was like, all right, let me see what she's got to say. And the first thing this fucking moron says, and I am so sorry, I don't know if you keep your show PG or not, but today is the day. I can't, I do, but I, I get she's what you're spewing some garbage. Talk about, I did my research. Your dumb C word. If you was doing your research, right? Mm -hmm. If you was doing right. your research, how is it? How is it that you still don't see a murder? Because I'll tell you, I'll tell you right now. I'm going to tell you right now. And I love my daughter with my entire soul. Okay? There is a good chance mm -hmm. she may grow up to be, I don't know, either Oprah or Hitler. I don't fucking know. All I can do is try to raise her the best I can. She's going to write her. That's I have all you no can idea do. what's going to happen next. But I put my ovaries on the line that she ain't gonna be no goddamn Uncle Tom bitch. She will not. Actually, I know, that I know. It's Uncle Tom guided because in reality, Uncle Tom was the one that got punished because he wouldn't bow down to the master. I know, but I'm using it. In, so I'm yep. using it yep. in the sense, that, you know, in, in the little warped way the that they fixed it for us. 
I'm using it in that. Okay. Yes. Uh, Okay. Yes, well, I, I get what you mean. But here's a little secret about Malcolm X and Martin Luther King that history books will not tell you Honey, unless you speak to people that History books don't tell you them, anything other than what the, co- the colonials want you to know. Exactly. Look, in the, the third grade, they, the grade, they told me the that the pilgrims landed on Plymouth Rock and then it got cold and then it got crazy and then it started to snow and they were sick and dying and the quote-unquote indians felt bad and introduced them to a feast remote that wasn't but that's the how they taught us. We all know. He raised my hand. Yeah. how was that yeah, possible that, if they were pale and unknown the first thing anybody I mean, of any color would tell you don't talk you to strangers so i got kicked out of my class because i asked a serious question that Mrs. Eloise mm-hmm. Rivera was not ready to answer. Right. Trust and the same thing happened to me as okay, a Okay, as of right now, for me, McGraw-Hill, Hammer Mill and them, they can go somewhere. Hmm. But here's a secret that most people don't know about Martin Luther King and Brother Malcolm. Towards their deaths, towards their deaths, Malcolm sounded a little bit more like Martin, and Martin sounded a lot more like Malcolm. Most people do not they know have, that. They have to think about it. They were both witnessing <laughs> this effing crap over and over and over and over and over. Plus hearing stories from their own parents and grandparents. And they were both fighting. I mean, and they were both fighting their own fight. So. After a while, those two are going to meet and have a conversation. In fact, it's known, it's a known fact, both Martin and Malcolm had a meeting. One meeting. They were the only two in the room. No one knows what was said but them. They're the only two. People have speculated over the years what the conversation entailed. But of course, these two are going to compare notes. It's only a matter of time. In fact, Malcolm and Martin were two of the most feared men in America next to Marcus Garvey and right after that was Bob Marley, believe it or not. But look, so that's another right, story for another time. This is, you're talking about the 60s, right? Right, you're talking about 60s, 70s. 60s, 70s. All right. It's 20 fucking 20. And we're still right. having these conversations. And we're still going through this. We have, since the 60s, how many people, unarmed black men, women, and children, have been murdered or lynched? Well, it's, the, it's the same thing. For example, like me and my mom were just talking about, because we saw a flash, and on Tuesday on ABC, they're going to do a documentary on the Rodney King riots that happened in 92. Some of us were, Look, I was 11, a lot of us I were watched it on the news, then. and my own grandmother said, and I quote, well, I mean, look at him, it's a black guy, he must have done something, to which I got mad, and I said, you're a white-looking woman with some black-ass kids and grandkids, so you must be a rape victim. He got mad and said, don't you ever disrespect <laughs> me, and I was like, then don't disrespect me. Because you don't know him. You don't know what happened. All you see is what I'm seeing. He got pulled out of a car and started getting wailed on. 
would you like me if I did it to you? Because I know you got, and I told her, I said, I know you got illegal gambling and fucking thing. tickets in your purse right now from going to the Dominican spot. She said, wow. Oh, wow. Ladies and gentlemen, these are past crimes. Do like not said, give it to Charlie's grandmother. I did say it. I got hit right across the mouth too. I remember. I still got a. I still got the scar. I'm the only one that can feel it. Is in my inner lip, from my cake. And, wow. and I never took it back. Uh-huh. She was like apologizing. I didn't take it back. And she told my mom that she was raising a monster, and I was like, okay. And I looked at my mom, and I was like, I didn't oh, yeah. take her side. Because if you're raising a monster and you were birthed by one, I don't know what you expect. And my mom was like, you know what? And back to the kitchen, like, I ain't fucking none of these two. But I've always been like, but the problem is. But back to. You see me, you're like, why are you so feisty? Calm down. But that's the problem. That's the problem. You keep pinching and pinching and stabbing and pinching and drawing blood. And then when I finally jump up and say, stop. I'm the crazy one. You know what I mean? And it and it reflects reality. You can't keep bullying and bullying and bullying the same group of people, screwing them out of jobs, screwing them out of 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 of, of decent living, forcing them on top of each other, where you know crime is going to take place. Then you flood the neighborhoods with drugs. You stack. You stack 800 people, right? Plus their right. kids, plus their aunts and uncles who are going through a rough patch, right? You stack them up in buildings that are stacked together. Then you flood the market with drugs and whatever the hell else you can find. And then you back up and let them kill each other. Because mm. that's the perfect thing to do. Now, gentlemen, what you described is biological genocide. That's what we just described, ladies and gentlemen. But let's keep it within the premise of what's going on, because we've gone over history. And if we sit here and talk about all the people that have been murdered unjustly, by oh, by the way, real quick, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but real quick, as a Latina, I can say this, so I'm gonna let you in on a little something-something. You know why they hate Latinos mm-hmm. so much? We got wiped their game, we got wiped right. their game, and we eliminated the middleman. Why in the fuck am I gonna fucking plant, grow my crops, pay some guy to pick my amapola, process it, turn it into coke, and then have you only give me $20 a bag when I can transfer it myself, okay? And make a good 30 Gs on half a key. That's what it is. This is true. This is true. Um, um, people who are listening, all this is true. The CIA deliberately was bringing in, was paying drug cartels to bring drugs into inner cities knowing that you know who would be affected but let's focus on the here and now the people we the people are saying enough is enough now the people that know like look i'm not my i am not my grandfather i'm not my great-grandfather but you see i don't like saying that you know why 
They're the ones. Because not for nothing, but both of my grandmothers, because I got to know them both, I got to know my great-grandma, too, on my dad's side. Those three women right. went through some horrid shit. I'm talking about shit that I know just from listening to their stories. I would not be able to survive. So that's why I don't really, I, I don't like say, I'm not like, damn, I'll do this, I'll do that. I, no, I, I can't say that. You know what I'm saying? You're right. I, I think that one back. My mom immigrated to America during the 70s, the 70s, early 80s. So my mom didn't come to New York. She went to D.C. And because my mom was in school and, and, you know, working, a lot of the things that we are discussing, it didn't affect her. But she still got the same kind of discrimination because she's a black immigrant. She got the same kind of, she still got, you know, sexism, colorism, classism. My mom didn't let it stop her. She, you know, gritted out, whatever the case is. But my mom was like, because of where she lived, where she grew up, there was no such thing as racism. You had colorism and classism. Yes, in the Caribbean, that is privilege and it's blatant. For those people who don't know this and won't admit it, I'll be the one to tell you. I've seen it firsthand. But here we are. You have people who are both protesting peacefully, and then you got people who are getting into some anarchistic stuff. And I'm enjoying it all. Because I predicted a year ago that the riot is coming. But this people is the thing. This jobs. is the thing. I, I, I see it, I saw it coming, I, I knew it was coming. What, what the catalyst was gonna be, I wasn't aware, I didn't know, you know what I mean? However, however, the, pro- the problem I'm having here, the problem processing that I'm having here right now, is the fact that most of the looting, most of the destruction, isn't even being done by black people. Exactly. Yes, it's not. It's not. And in our next segment, we are going to discuss protesters versus the rioters. Is it, are the protesters wrong for how they're doing it? Or are the rioters wrong for how they're doing it? Or are they both wrong? Or should they come together? You know how it's being, you know why I feel it's a little bit wrong? Listen to why I said a little bit wrong. You know why I feel it's a little wrong? Because I would have blown up would have been precincts. Mm-hmm. It's wrong. I would have been. Yeah. I know. I and know we're going to get into this. I was 100% able-bodied, and any one of the victims I've seen so far being murdered live on video, and nobody giving a fuck. First starting with Philando Castillo. Okay. Right now. I would have been facing the death penalty and I would not give a fuck because the first thing I would have started would have been with burning everything up. I mean, this is fourth Well, okay, let's end this segment and we're gonna, be, we're gonna get into that right. aspect of the conversation. Okay. All right. If we come back, we're going to talk about the protesters versus the anarchists. Okay and the infiltrators.
And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. So this segment, we are going to discuss the protest itself, as in protesters versus the rioters versus the infiltrators. So here we have with us Destiny and Charlene. So let's start with the protesters, how they are peacefully protesting, but still getting brutalized by the conversation in question, the police. In fact, we see one young man get literally jumped in front of the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York by three cops. So what are your thoughts on the peaceful protesters? Listen, to me, I mean, it looks like they're working with what they got, you know. They're trying to be heard. They're sick and tired. We're all sick and tired. Hey, man, we are all sick and tired. And unfortunately, you know, we're dealing, listen, we're dealing with the biggest gang in America. <sighs> it's quote-unquote brothers in blue. And let me tell you something. And I don't care who hears this, and I don't care how, you know, how far this goes. But my aunt... Blood relative. My mother's little sister is a cop. Alright? She's one of those light skinned who passes white and she always gets treated that way. So she does she thinks my what do I mean by my way? Swear to God. Can't, I cannot make this stuff up. I'm sitting in a car with her daughter, right? Mm-hmm. My cousin too can pass for white. With the long blondish hair, white skin, green eyes, you got this, right? Now, mm-hmm. we're heading to Woodbury Commons. This chick is doing 95. Right? 95 miles per hour. He's the one driving. State pulls her over. State trooper pulls her over. Mm-hmm. I swear on my ovaries, the words out of this man's mouth. <laughs> ID. To me. What? To me. She's sitting right effing there. He comes over to me. Like from her window, from her side. Uh, talking bullshit. over her to me. Talk about where's your ID. And I was like, what ID? And then she goes, my, my cousin goes, what are you doing? Why are you talking to my sister? And he looks at me and he looks at her. And he comes out with a flashlight, blinding everybody in the damn car. She's your sister? How? She said, well, my mother fucked two different people and now we look like this. She's being all sorts of disrespectful. I'm like, does she not even understand that I could get shot in the head right now because she's talking? Exactly. She really didn't understand. She really did not understand. A lot of people... Again, where's the ID? I said, I don't have an ID. That's why I'm sitting over here. Oh yeah, I did have it, but I wasn't doing anything, so fucks. <laughs> patiently until he got mad and then told her that he was gonna let her off with a warning. If I'd have been doing 95 miles an hour, that bullet would have hit me in my head at 217 miles per hour. Oh yeah, you would got the you would got the step out of the car, please. Step out of the car, he'd have dragged me out by what he thought was a weave, and it'd have been my hair. Speaking. 
speaking of which, um, there was a video of a man sitting in his car, right? The police asked him to roll down his windows and step out the vehicle, and he's like, I'm on my property. They literally break his window while he's recording them, break his window, and drag him out of his car, tase him, and then cuff him. Yeah. So, with that being said, even though you have peaceful protests, you still have people who are getting brutalized by cops for peacefully protesting. Yeah. There's a little girl raced by a cop. There was a, um, she was eight or nine years old. They had to, they had to throw milk on her face. In fact, what cops have been doing is stopping protesters from going into the stores for buying water and buying milk because, you know, milk is what you use to get the mace out of your face. Mm-hmm. Mace has a, has a lovely, terrible taste. It does. I've been maced before. It's not fun. It's not fun. But let's talk about the rioters, particularly the infiltrators who are infiltrating these peaceful protests to discredit the um, the protest. Now, Charlene, you said earlier that the first thing you would burn down is the police station and the... The The precinct, yes, I would. In Minnesota, there was the precinct that the officers that murdered George Floyd Mm -hmm. belonged to was burned to the ground. Here's why oh, I what, made I'll it. up with it? Let, let us, yeah. Report. Here, mm-hmm. Here's why I know the, 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 um, the protesters did not trash that police precinct. I don't know if you remember a couple of months ago, this gentleman in the Bronx by the name of Bobcat he went into a police precinct and he shot at the police officers. Mm-hmm. The day after he shot, he shot at two police that are in a squad car. I don't know if you heard about that, Destiny. I didn't. Yeah, well, quick side note. Any man who had beef with Bobcat prior to that, ooh, apologize to him immediately. He just went into a police precinct and dumped on the cops. Fortunately for the cops, none of them were hit. His gun jammed, so he threw his gun, and the cops were on him like bees on honey. With that being said, you really think you're going to walk into a police precinct, trash their house, burn it down, and walk out and not get a bullet? Okay. It was the cops that did that. It was the cops. And I don't care if Minnesota Police Department hears it, I know it's you guys. The same way I know it's either um, white supremacist groups or the cops that are leaving bricks in strategic places for looters to find. I know it's you guys. Unfortunately, it doesn't matter who it is, whoever picks it up is automatically guilty. Exactly. Mm That's why I tell people, if you're going to protest, look at all the people around you. Because not everybody that's screaming, no justice, no peace, no racist police, is actually out there to support the movement. There are people within the, that are there within the movement to sabotage the movement. And you've got to be careful. I'll give you an example. Remember when Eric Gardner... Um, Hear the verdict on Eric Gardner for um, Officer Pantileo, because that's what we call him over here, not Pantileo, Pantileo. 
when he was um, acquitted mm-hmm. and right. were protesting. I went out there and protested. I was right out there with them. And you wouldn't believe who I was bumped next to. And I didn't even expect to see him out there. Who? I'll let you guess. A one Sean Carter. You may know him as Jay-Z. And he was out there. No justice, no peace, no racist police. And it was all good until someone took a cup full of, I think, costume blood or real blood and threw it on a police sergeant. Like, just threw it straight in his face. And all hell broke loose. And then I look up to see where Jay-Z went, he gone. He disappeared. So it was like, okay, at least you were out here. I don't blame you for leaving. I left too. I got right on the train because it's like I'm not getting my I'm not getting my head cracked for someone who is deliberately trying to agitate police. But here's something that's crazy: around the world, police are getting attacked by protesters. But now look, you see, mm-hmm. that's the thing that's killing me right now. This is a this is this is the biggest problem I see, right? Do you mm-hmm. remember? When Fernando Castillo was murdered? Right. In front, of his, in front of his girlfriend and his daughter. Now this man gets four bullets pumped into his chest. Any one of those bullets could have hit him, gone through him, through the seat, and hit the baby. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Okay? That, that killer cop didn't care. No. Meanwhile, the recording continues going. The guy's screaming, freaking out. But she has to keep the presence of mind to be respectful towards him so he wouldn't finish out his mag on her. You see what I'm saying? So you guys who are supposedly trained to deal with hostile situations, to deal with high tensions, to deal with words, actions, and bullets, you cannot keep it together after you killed somebody. But we have to keep the presence of mind to be cordial, respectful, follow orders that are being barked upon with no no nothing, no context, no nothing. How the fuck is that? So when we call you a pig, or when we say we've had enough, stop killing us, you're gonna get mad, you're gonna cry, you're gonna start firing? Are you serious right now? Listen, okay? I'm rubber, you're glue, whatever you say bounces off me and sticks on you. What happened? You know? Then when you're 12 and, you know, somebody in your class says something stupid about your hair and you cry at home, your mother's like, excuse me, thick or skin, get over it, right? What right. happened to all of that during your training, Mr. Big Tough Guy with a big old gun and some mace? And a and taser. So Speaking of taser. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Speaking of taser, this week, uh, another, another basically defenseless black man was murdered by police. I'm not sure of his name, but I know it happened in... I'm, I'm trying to think of the state. I just saw the story today. There are officers... Like, he went, someone on the Wendy's called him, called the police on him in the Wendy's. I'm not sure okay, if you guys yes, heard the yes, story. Yes. And I just saw footage, alright? Live footage that the person who burnt the Wendy's down, who started the fire, None other than some Caucasian child. Yeah. Okay. I believe you. 
I be- yes, I, b- I wholeheartedly believe it. Oh, by the way, I I'm said- sorry, I gotta say this, because it's been bothering me for years. So I gotta say it, I'm sorry, I'm gonna vent to you guys. But, I don't know if you remember, mm-hmm. Amber, Amber Granger, or whatever the hell her name is? Gallagher. The one that killed Botham Jean? Yeah, mm-hmm. Gallagher. Oh, okay, whatever. Yeah. That bitch. Yeah. I, my, my entire animosity, my entire being wants to grab my left hand and backhand his brother. Yes. Talk about, I forgive her. Oh my God. Listen, when he yes. said me, I give her a hug. I thought he was gonna go up there and stab her in her ear, like I thought, like I would have done. Yeah, I'd have been like, can you give her a hug? You know, no, that hug would have turned into a choke hug. In the first damn place. No, I would have said, may I go, may I hug her? And as and as I walked up, I would have told her, I do forgive you. And then I'd have stabbed her right in her fucking ear. I'm not playing. Oh my God. Listen, the outrage. I, I, I became sick to my stomach, and the first thing I did, I'm not playing, I looked at my little sister and I was like, if somebody kills me and you hug them, I'm coming back. Yeah, that's why I told, I told my mother that, I told, like, if someone murders me, and you hug my mother, or give them a pound, or smile with them, I will make sure I haunt you for the rest of my the life. Biggest that is the biggest effort in the world for giving. Nah, mm-mm. Nope. Not this is how that, I look at it. You know, not for murdering his brother. I mean, this man this is how I look in at his it. living room eating ice cream. Listen, this right is the there. thing that kills me. And this is the thing that kills me. If I would have been on that jury, she would not be serving no damn 10 years. Should have gotten life. Let me tell you why. Life or the death penalty. I grew up exactly. in a building, like everybody else in New York, in a building. And all the doors on the building are brown. Every single door, from the first to the sixth floor, every door is brown. When you hit the second floor, that's when they all become the same. Literally the same layout. On the left side, you got the two bedrooms. On the right side, you got the one bedroom. It is the same layout, the same setup, all the way up, okay? Right. One night, I was drunk. I got to my apartment, and I put my key in. And I'm forcing the key, and I'm forcing the key, and I'm forcing the key until my neighbor opened the door. She looked me up and down. She said, sweetie, one up. When I looked at the door, I almost died. I was supposed to be trying to open 5E. I was in 4E. <laughs> right? And my, and my drunk, ridiculous self did not even realize that this is why the key isn't working, stupid ass, because you're in the wrong door. You know what I mean? So, miss, yeah. I thought I was walking into my own house. You're a damn liar. A damn liar. A, right. unless you have a master key because you're the building, the building super, there's no way that your key was supposed to open that door. And if you see that your door, quote unquote, your door is ajar, why would you go in there? Because let me tell you something. As a woman, cop or not, or no cop, gun or no gun, rule number one. If your door is ajar, call the cops because it's not. That's not how you left it. Exactly. <laughs> like you know, not only was she in the wrong, uh, trying to get into the wrong apartment, she was on an entirely different floor. She wasn't even that's on the right floor. That's what I'm It's happened to me, so I know there's no way you could have opened that door. Exactly. And this guy got killed over a bowl, over. A bowl of ice, having a bowl no, of honey, ice cream. No, just in the got murdered for being cream. black in her building. All right, stop. Yeah. It. Yep. But um, yeah, we know. 
But I, a lot of people think that those two had a personal beef. Yeah. Did y'all hear that they're... Um, like, I'll be honest with you. Go ahead. That they, mm-hmm. uh, that folks were talking about how they might have had like a relationship prior to this. Yeah, I heard that's, that. That's I heard- my thing. How many people here have been cheated on or broken up with? I'm gonna tell you the truth. Both have happened to me. All right. Same. Yeah. Ain't no way in hell that I'm gonna that you need to stop breathing because my feelings are hurt. That's what alcohol is for. Okay. You sit down and you watch How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. You eat three pints of ice cream, yeah, then you complain that you're fat, then you hit the gym and you meet some guy at the gym that wants to deal with your fat ass. And that's it. So what <laughs> happened here, I'm telling you the truth. The first thing out of her mind was, I know this N-word is not trying to break up with me. That's what happened there. If they were even If they were even involved. The truth is, Nakanobi, did she look kind of lonely? Yeah. Okay. This is one of those kids that, that wears the same robe from college. When she gets home, she throws on that same brown sweater that she ain't washed since 2003. All right? And she flirted with him a few times, and he was polite. Sometimes it does not pay to be polite. But you know, she wasn't too lonely because she it came out during the trial that she was sleeping with her married co-worker. Of course, because you're going to take it where you can get it. Ain't nobody trying to yeah. actually wife her. I'm sorry, I went yeah. there. That was rude. But let's be realistic. Mm-mm. Let's be realistic. Ain't nothing worse than a woman scorned, especially when it's in her own mind. And like I said, the worst thing to be is polite. He probably yeah, was polite because he figured the older white lady lives in my building. She's probably his same age, but you know they don't age gracefully. And he probably thought she was, you know, she, she had a couple on him and he was like being polite because that's what we do to Miss Gladys and Miss Dem. And when she realized that she wasn't getting nowhere and he wasn't interested, how dare he not want me? I'm going to show him. <laughs> and that's what I but she kind of sort of got away with it. But she kind of sort of got away with it. But also, too, don't y'all think it's a little suspect that the judge, you know, uh, ended up getting endorsed by the Dallas Police Department for district judge after that trial? Yeah, because yeah. guess what? Yeah, we lost the cop, but it was a chick. Who cares? Because at the end of the day, yeah. and that's the funny thing about these people that they don't understand. The straight white man is the most savage of all because he will sell his mother to get what he wants. You know why? Because at the end of the day, yeah. ah, it's my mom. She already gave birth to me. I'm here. Seriously. Hmm. Yeah. That's funny because they act like they're scared of us, right? We're scary. We're big. We're black. We're stronger. We're this. We're that. Okay, but you're more Mm -hmm. conniving. You're more disgusting. And at the end of the day, you are the savage. And here's the thing. You know what I tell people when they're like, oh, people are blowing this out of proportion. They're making the police to be our monsters and blah, blah, blah. You know what I said to a counter-protester, which is shocking. I'm like, a counter-protester for this, really? You know what I said to this person? And they shut up automatically. In fact, they got away from me quickly. I said, just be glad black people and people of color just want justice and exactly. not revenge. Oh my God, I've been right. saying this. I've been saying this. Because I heard this from a Caucasian person, an older Caucasian redneck liberal. 
I know that's going to be kind of hard to wrap your head around a liberal that's also a redneck. Yes, it is. Nah, I've seen two, but anyway, go ahead. I still think that it's just doing it to get mm-hmm. likes and stuff on Facebook and Instagram, but continue. Right. <laughs> he basically said, and I quote, if half the things had been done that had been done to black people, if half were done to white people, this country would have burned decades ago. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Because, but here's another thing. But we were talking about the, the, the young man who... I saw. I watched the video, and I was like, oh, my God. This guy said, decided that, look, I'm not dying. He fought both of these officers. Not only did he disarm one of them, but he whooped on one. Turned around and shot them with their own taser. And clearly he wasn't a threat because he's running away with the taser. You know when you get some robbers and you have and one of you guys got a squirt gun and like you you don't know what you're shooting at, you just know you're shooting behind you for the person that's chasing you to back off. That's basically what he was doing, and he got lethal force. But Charlie, back to what you said. A lot of these destruction of property are done by Caucasian people. In fact, one of the people that trashed an auto zone in, in Minneapolis, Minnesota, he was wearing an umbrella. He had an umbrella on. Not umbrella. He was carrying an umbrella. He was using a hammer to break all the windows. And people confronted him like, dude, what are you doing? Come to find out he is a member of the Minneapolis, Minnesota Police mm-hmm. Department. I believe it. In fact, yeah. in fact, it was his girlfriend who identified him and blew him oh, up yeah. on social media. Oh yeah, wait, wait, wait. Media. I think I know who you're talking about. The guy with the, the idiot that forgot and got in his own car to leave instead of walking away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was his ex-wife that gave him up. He's a moron. But the thing yeah, is, he's, he's a, not a moron. He got paid for that. Trust me, he got paid for oh, that. Yeah. He's what they call an agitator. Okay. Yeah. And a lot of people, including people I know, are blaming Antifa for the destruction of property, agitating, and all that. But 90% of the people who were arrested that were labeled Antifa, when they were fingerprinted and their names ran through the, the, the system, 99.9% of these people that are labeled anarchists are in fact members of known white supremacist groups. In fact, one of the most dangerous ones, I can't remember their name at the moment, I don't care to, because I I had a personal run-in with them about 10 years years ago, I had a personal run-in with this skinhead group. Is that the story you were telling me about before? Oh, yes, it was them. I know of this group personally. One day I will tell this story on this podcast of how Jason, how the Nightmare King went up against the skinheads of Pennsylvania. It's a really great story. Well, drawn up. This group in particular are known for robbing banks. And this is documented. This was, this was seen on History Channel and on Gangland. Those episodes are still available. This group is known for gang assaults, murders, rape, 
you name it, this Super group is involved. Okay. You don't even. Yeah, they're not hard to spot. All you have to do is look at their right or left hand. Their symbol is right in between their pointer finger and their thumb. They wear, They don't necessarily wear swastikas, but you know their symbols when you see them. They have the upside down peace cross, peace sign. They wear all that. That's one of their main symbols. They wear the, the steel toe boots with the red laces. They all have their buzzed haircuts. They're pretty easy to spot if you know what to look for. So they're, they're parading around as if they are Antifa. Knowing Antifa being, being officially labeled a terrorist group by the Cheeto-in-Chief, Donald Trump. Listen. That, that human so, stain... Mm. And I don't even want to discuss him on this episode because I'll be doing part two. You know what it is? You know what it is? Oh, wow. He's what happens when you don't take care of your sickness, okay? Oh, boy. And you know, this whole situation brought, up, uh, brought, some, brought something to my face that I took me a long time to accept. Because I'm very mindful of the information that I put out. I'm very mindful of what I say when I speak publicly. I also I always make sure I speak the truth, which has gotten me into a lot of trouble. But I make sure what I'm saying is true. And this is one thing I have to say. There are a lot of people, because of social media, have a voice and have a platform that should not have a voice and have a platform. Oh, yeah. Because... There was a post I saw from a classmate, a former classmate of mine. With everything going on, ladies and gentlemen, this is what he posted. He went and posted, and I quote, with all the riots and all the protests going on, now is the time to run down on your op. And we had to get on him, like, really? You're promoting black on black crime right now. You're promoting oh, yeah. violence when we're supposed to I'm be... I'm sorry, I'm old on your... Oh, your yeah. opposition. Oh, my God. How old is this person? Oh. Yeah, I was... Remember I was telling you this, Shani? Listen. Ugh. I can't. I can't deal. I can't deal. Like, immaturity like, is all right. It happens. You give the person time. Experience will, you know, dictate where they go. But at this stage of the game, if you're over 30 and you still say things like that... All right. I'm done. Go home. Close your door. <laughs> Go to bed. Some Go people to... never mature. It's sad. I mean, I can... I'm one of the most immature people you'll meet. Because I still read comics. Occasionally, I'll play with action figures. I'll watch cartoons over the news. But there's certain things you will never see me do. Or say. And that's one. Because there's that's no... That's so fine and well, though. I mean, you're mature when the, when the situation calls for it. I mean, right. there's nothing this wrong with... This person is completely heart. missing the point. That's the sad part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm just glad even people that I personally don't like and have personal issues with, even we all agree that, like, yo, dude, this po that post was very irresponsible. Right. And it's like, okay, we still know you, we still know you, we know you're basically an okay guy, you have some ways about you, but 
that was not the, that was not now is not the time to be even posting that. But here's one part of one part one story that I was happy that got trashed. Saks Fifth Avenue with all the um high end couture yes. fashion designers. I laughed when I saw people throwing bricks into their store. Yes, I said I'm it. Okay. So I'm okay with that because in 2002, I went in to buy something. I already knew what I wanted. I just didn't want to buy it online because back then, everything used to get lost. Everything was very open to landing right. in the wrong door. And I knew right. that if I lost that, I wasn't going to get yeah. that. It was a really nice handbag. Yeah. I knew what I wanted. I went in to go get it. And no, I was not followed around the store. I was stood in front of and per- and not permitted to continue walking. Wow. To which I laughed. <laughs> which I just laughed. And you just walked. I laughed and I said, okay, well, may I speak to Diane Reynolds, please? And when my mom's friend came outside all the way to the door, worried, like, what the fuck? They never call me. And saw me, she said, why are you here? You could have just called me. I got it already. And she said, here's your receipt and here's your card. And I was like, that's not the card I wanted to use. She's like, why not? And I said, and I quote, because I just got the other Amex and it has a bigger max and I wanted to use it. Because I, listen, let me tell you right now, I'm not playing. All right. I've had credit cards since I was 16 mm-hmm. years old. My first credit card ever was a Macy's card. I've had credit cards under my name since I was 16 years old, and I never F them up, except for this one time when I had a baby. But we all know what happens when you have a baby. One of the matters, at this time, right, I'm about, what is it, 2001, Mm. so I'm about to be 20. I'm gassed up. My credit is all right, and I could tell because my credit cards were getting bigger and bigger maxes. And Mm -hmm. I just really, really, really thought, you know what, I'm going to get that and I'm gonna get that jacket I want back then I was plus size for them to even have it was a miracle but they did so like I said Diane had the bag but I wanted the jacket but with the way I was treated I was like you know what forget it can you reverse the purchase I really wanted yeah I went across the street and to the left I walked into Ferragamo this gorgeous white girl came up to me and goes your eyes are beautiful. And I was like, thank you. And she was like, do you need any help? I was like, yeah, I want a bag. And what else do you have here? Because I can do that because I can talk like that. Next thing I know, I walked out of there with a pair of shoes I didn't need and a bag that I really didn't want just to prove a point. Paid everything off the following month and never thought right. about it again. Right. But ever since then, mm-hmm. I've not been mm-hmm. to a sack. I've not walked into sacks ever again, ever. And I just said, see, 2002. I'm blaming uh, on behalf of designers, I'm talking about decent designers that welcome your your money. Being that I am a designer, I humbly, I am so sorry you had to go through that. Something similar happened to me when I used to work at uh, upscale fashion boutiques. I worked for a company named House. Right across from us, in another mall had the Gucci, the Louis Vuitton, all the stuff that everyone else knows as um, couture. So I go over there just to, you know, flatten my eye because I know I don't want anything in that store. I don't, because they have nothing I want. 
They don't know what I need. I just want to see what they have and what kind of price range it is. The second I stepped over the threshold, um, hi, uh, are you lost? And the big old badge is around my neck that says I work in the mall. So clearly, I'm not here to steal. They followed me as if they mm -hmm. were my shadow. It got to the point like, man, if I didn't have respect, I would fart on you just because you were that close behind me. Listen, when I was 11, I walked into a store with my mom. And I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you. It was maybe a step above a 99 cent store. Like, it was not anything special, okay? Mm -hmm. My mother went in mm. to get um, acetone for her nails. Not the acetone, the acetone free one. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just remember her screaming that she didn't like the other one because it was breaking up the nails or some nonsense. Whatever. We walked in there. She's looking for it, and I'm bored. So I'm over there looking at the lip glosses, knowing that washing them by one, but whatever. I don't know where. Korean dude. You gotta hurry up and buy. Mind you, my mother's turning oh, the yeah. with a basket full of garbage that she already found. Swear to God, I was like, Ma, that is the rudest thing I've ever seen in my life. She said, no, 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 no. He was rude. I was like, oh, okay, never mind then. Because my mom decided to empty the basket in front of him, dumped everything on the ground, and said, now you pick it up, out. that garbage. And I don't know why my mother sounds like Scarface. I love her to death, but she does. And we walked the heck out of there. <laughs> never went back. Never, ever went back. Matter of fact, um, my mother now, to this day, she'll walk an extra three blocks, and go to the and go to the spot on um echo drugs right there on the corner by the train station i just told you exactly where i live never mind but to this day she'll walk down <laughs> three blocks and go into that drugstore never ever went back mm -mm. so my point is the reason why i didn't feel sorry for gucci and fendi and all those people is because they don't respect us as a people if you come into their store, they automatically assume that you come there to steal. And if you pay them, if they're paying for them, they think that your credit card is stolen or you're some kind of scammer or something like that. And they're the first to call Listen, the police on. And I also feel you can't afford it. You yes. know, even though black people, you know, we, I think we as a community, I mean, we pretty much buy a lot of luxury goods. But that's our own, that's what I'm saying. That's our own yeah. fault. Let me tell you something. You know who I don't even understand? Like, as a parent, me personally as a parent, I don't care if that's my way out of poverty or whatever the hell. No, 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 honey. No, I work, you go to school, you do whatever you gotta do. I would never, ever, 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 I swear on my ovaries, let any of my sons, any of my kids, period, ever play professional sports in this country. Ever, ever, ever. I Mm. Well, I was going to address that um, topic in part two of our two parts. How the sports community, with all the protests and everything that happened with a certain athlete, Colin Kaepernick, I was going to bring, I was going to bring him up probably in part two. But since you brought him up later on in this episode, we're going to discuss one aspect of the protest. Um, which is the kneeling. We were going to. I was going to discuss that. But let's focus on the the, the rioters and the people who are infiltrating. Do you? Here's my question. Do you feel that these white supremacist anarchistic groups are infiltrating and using this as an opportunity to recruit more people 
to their cause. Because one of their prominent leaders, I don't remember this old part's name because he's long dead, has been predicting the Great Race War. It's coming. It's coming. The truth is, the truth is, we need to organize. But it's coming. And funny enough you say that because Malcolm X said it. People of color are not outnumbered, which is not true. We have not been outnumbered as of last year. People of color are officially no longer a minority in America. We mm-hmm. are the majority. I bet you they'll never tell you that, though. Malcolm But look, this is, no, a, this is the thing, right? That's I don't know I'm... if you ever seen Tiger King. I'm so sorry I brought that up. I know. I know. I already know. The quarantine took my brain, okay? Anyway, I watched the Tiger King. You know what the Tiger King is, right? The documentary about that yeah, guy. I heard about okay. it. All right. So this is the yeah. thing, right? He had all these animals in captivity right in cages matter of fact there were these mm-hmm. two gorillas he had them in cages side by side instead of just making one big cage and leave them both in there he had them separated but together meaning two separate cages just next to each other 10 years mm-hmm. 10 years when they finally opened the cages they were both looking at each other through mm. the cages because they didn't know if they should get out or not okay and that is exactly what they tried to do to us. Keep them, keep them visit, keep That's them where I can see them, but don't let them talk to me. Don't let them interact with me, like sideshows. Okay. This is this is this is unfortunately what you are saying is a hundred percent true. We live in a society that especially within the black community i've also been the victim of this where people would rather compete with you or tear you down than pull resources and right, work Martin. together but that's which what, is but why that's, but that's, the groups they, that I, that's where we get it from they put that in our heads that whole colorism yeah. garbage they put that in our heads right yeah. you ever heard the expression it. you're pretty for a black girl what in yeah. the world does that hey. mean? You disrespectful joke. That's where we get it from. Or, or, or even better, you know you're handsome. You're a very handsome black right. man. And when mm-hmm. you stop and look at them and you say, "What do you mean?" Well, you know, your nose isn't too big. You know, your lips are regular size, and you have a really pretty eye color. What is that? And my answer is always a gen, a recessive gene. Cause that's what it is. It's a freaking genetic mutation. Who yeah. the hell do you know is actually born with green eyes? Not a it's whole a lot genetic of mutation. That's what that color is. Uh, you know? Hmm? And it's like, I don't know. Know. come on now. I think I've only known two people in my whole life that actually had green eyes. The only person that I know, pers- I knew personally that had I call outside of brown was my late grandmother. She had sky blue eyes. She had sky blue eyes. A lot of people thought she was white. Some people thought she was Chinese. In fact, this story about my illustrious father, and it's true. Um, once upon a time in the tiny island of Jamaica, there was a race riot that happened. And it was the Chinese versus the black people because a Chinese man kicked the black woman. Like, he kicked her. 
and all hell broke loose. Mm-hmm. And Chinese people were getting attacked left, right, and center. And my grandmother and my grandfather were going to the town. That's where the riot was. And people were like, yo, turn back. There's a riot. Don't, don't, don't go there. It's ugly up there. And my grandmother, who looked the way she did at the time, one guy tried to grab her and was like, yo, here's a Chinese woman right here. And my grandfather kicked the guy in the face. He's like, you disrespectful prick. That's my wife. So a lot of people don't understand a riot. People in a riot or a lynch mob don't know what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. No one knows what's going to happen. All people know is that we're angry, we're going to do something. And they're disorganized, right, because of the rage. Yep. Yeah. Because that's of the rage. That's and what I'm saying. Up. That's what we need to do. We, Like Malcolm said, and I'm sorry, but it's the truth. You know that Second Amendment, the right to bear arms? Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And guess what? My brothers and sisters with no criminal records will be applying also. Mm, I've applied. You know, let's see what happens. Because the truth is, mm-hmm. you can't keep um, running the other cheek, bro. To... You can't. You can't. We're literally yeah. getting roasted. Yep. So when we come back, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to talk about the center of the problem, the police. Particularly the police unions. You guys down for that? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And we are back. So we are talking about the death of George Floyd and the protest, the worldwide protests and riots that have ensued as, um, as a result. So in this segment, we are going to address the center of the problem, the elephant in the room, the police department and their response to the protests and riots and what have you. Recently, the president of the NYPD police union made a public address talking about what's going on and saying that the police are being vilified in the media, being treated like thugs and animals. Ladies, your thoughts? That's rich coming from them. But the thing is, the thing is that, you see, when they treat us that way, they're doing it out of suspicion, out of straight up racism. Right? They right. don't know what we're doing. We're right. just walking on the street. They're acting crazy. We're seeing them in action, being the savages that they are. And now they mad. Right. You know? In fact, my favorite police union rep, Pat Lynch, interesting last name, all things considered. I know, right? <laughs> he even said at this press conference that People are having these conversations, but they're not invited to the t- to the table. But here's the thing: Why would you be invited to the conversation when you are the conversation? That is so true. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing: Pat Lynch, and I don't care if you hear this. This isn't the first time I've addressed him on my podcast. Has for years not only defended but shielded. No murderers on the force and people who have had, um, uh, what do you, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm tripping over right now. Um, 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 disciplinary actions on their record. Case in point, Officer Danny Pantaleo. Right, because he didn't do it for that Asian dude that shot that black guy by mistake in that, in that hallway. But I digress. Mm-hmm. 
So, a lot of part of the problem why a lot of these officers do not face justice is these police unions that back them up, right or wrong, good or evil. Mm-hmm. So, the president of the police union went as far as to say that the badges are stained. People are saying that the badges of the police force are stained, but he's like, mine is pretty shiny. But it's like, dude, you are not in the trenches. Either you're not in the trenches and you're being ignorant of what's going on, or you see it and you want it to be swept under the rug of business as usual. Right. And these are the sa- this is the same police force, right? That a couple of years ago, when those two officers got ambushed in Bed-Stuy, I don't know if you guys remember that. Yes, that was sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, the, the Blasio went to give the eulogy for the two cops, and all the police officers except one turned their back on the Blasio. They booed him. They booed and turned their backs like, while he was speaking. This person can be at a, at a weight. And then they turned around and they want us to be respectful to those people that did that. I was like, if you want us to respect you, you have to give respect. You want us to respect authority, respect who is in authority of you, which is the mayor. My whole thing is, at the end of the day, this all comes back down to money. Money. That's all it is. Speaking of which, it's been revealed that the officer in question who murdered, once again, um, George Floyd, he is still a part of the union and still qualifies to yeah, get his, his pension. That is worth apparently a million dollars in cash. I would like to know your personal thoughts on this lady. I notice how the other one that got arrested with him, the one that was holding the feet. Right. Notice how he got out? Yeah, he's out, he's out on bond. Yeah, he's out on a $750,000 bond. You know, for a bond, you got to post 10%, right? Yes. Who do you think put that up? The union. The union did that. You really believe the union did it? Somebody If the union did it, then Chauvin should have been out already. The truth is, that sucker was backed up by the Triple K. I don't care what anybody says. It's a possibility because here's a little secret about America, and it's true. During the 1940s and 50s, the quote-unquote good old days, the Rolox MC, they have a motto, motorcycle club, if you will, that if you're not a Mongol, you ain't, you're not a Rolox, you ain't spit. Well, back in those days, if you are not calm, you ain't spit. It was everybody, from the cops, to the senators, the judges, the doctors, the teachers, you name it. It was a who's who. And guess what? Those people had children, and their children had children. Some of them wanted nothing to do with their father's, their parents' beliefs, or whatever the case may be. Some embraced it, because they were not taught better. It's just like a kid that grows up on the carnival scene. Their grandfather probably did it, and he passed on the tradition to their mother, their mother did it, passed on the tradition to the, to, you know, so on and so forth. Yeah. So a lot of people, because I hate, I hate when people say, oh, I was racist from I was born. No, people were taught to be racist. Exactly. And just as how we learned it, we can unlearn it. 
But back to the cops. Because there have been a lot of cops that have come forward that have quit the force or been fired from the force or drummed out, whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. And they said that they were specifically trained to target young African American men and Latino men between the ages of 13 and 21. Now, here's a story, a little piece of my life, and once again, it's true. I had just moved to New York City. It was picture day, so I had on slacks and a tie. I'm looking very presentable. The, the polar opposite of how I normally usually look. So, I did what I was supposed to do. Do as I was told. When you're done at school, if you don't have after-school programs, come straight home. So, I came home. The cops pull up on my block. Out of everybody else in the neighborhood, they stopped me. And they said, we need to talk to you. Now, I'm not a criminal. I'm only 13 years old. I'm not going to run from the police. And even if I wanted to, how could I? I had on dress shoes. I wouldn't have gotten far. The cop began to ask him for ID. I didn't have it. How many 13-year-olds had ID at that time? This is 2000, 2001. Before I could say my name, my head was slammed on a hot police car's hood. And the neighborhood, or known gang members, watched this happen and did nothing, said nothing. Fortunately for me, nothing was found. So I dusted myself off, picked myself up, I was so angry. And my neighbor looked at me and said, your crime was WWB. I said, WWB? He said, yeah, walking while black. And that happened to me when I was 13 years old. I am 33, and I still remember that. Now, here's another running that I had with the police that was somewhat warranted, but once again, I was profiled. Coming home from school, I'm in high school now. I'm 16, 17. There is a brawl going on in the school, going on in the neighborhood because I lived right behind a school, and I have nothing to do with the brawl. I just live in the area. The police pull up and they stop me. Now, I'm not going to run once again. I'm not a criminal. I did nothing wrong. I'm coming home. In fact, I was in front of my house. They stopped me. They said, we need to search you. And I said, for what reason? They said, we'll tell you in a second. So, I know better than to argue with detectives that have on body armor outside of their clothes. Quick side note, ladies and gentlemen, if detectives stop you, don't lip off to them. They're looking to beat the crap out of you. But back to the story, a third detective pulled up and told me, the reason we stopped you, as you can see, there's a fight going on. was going on because all the kids saw the police surround me and they decided to go home. And the police were called and we were given your description. And I don't know if she just scribbled it on her paper or whatever, but they saw the paper showed me the paper and they gave my description to the runner and they said showed them my ID they said you go to school on the other side of this neighborhood why are you doing I said I live here so to show just to show you a lot of these cops are trained to harass people between the ages of 13 to 21 once I turned 25 or so police stopped bothering me 
I haven't been stopped or harassed since. Well, so, that's true. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure I can, I can tell a thousand and one stories similar to that. In fact, I just remembered this one, and it's true. This was my doing my hardcore goth days when I had long, spiky red hair with the black nails and everything. Me and my friends were celebrating the last day of school at a subway because all the gang members hung out at the Burger King, the McDonald's, and they were to fight. Once you see certain people in those places, just know a fight is going to break out or a robbery or something like that. So, this day in particular, it was just me and three of my other friends. And we're celebrating, we're like, man, we made it through another school year, we're one step closer to graduating, and going off to college, and leaving this hellhole behind. And forgetting all the, these pricks behind us, right? Because we know we're not going to see each other for another three months until summer. Until summer is over. So, we're leaving the subway, the subway free, we're about to get on the bus and go our separate ways, go home. The police are already outside. We knew something was going on, but we didn't care because, you know, you're not involved, why should you care? Wouldn't you agree, ladies? Mm -hmm. The cops come. They just grab all four of us, toss us on the ground, face first. Get on the ground, get on the ground, get on the ground. And we're like, officer, what is the problem? What's going on? And they line us up beside a bunch of guys that you know are gang affiliated. We knew them from the neighborhood. And we had to ask them what was going on because the cops wouldn't talk to us at all. They wouldn't say a thing to us. And the cop told us, it was like, yo, a lady got robbed and the dude that did it belonged to, is one of our gang, as a member of our gang. And they're like, look, all y'all gotta do is keep your mouth shut. You guys will be out, you guys will be out by morning. So me and my friends are panicking because we've never been arrested before. These guys have been doing that their entire life. They're like, oh my god, like, you just ate us all, all this because all we did was eat a sandwich where you guys decided to do a lobby? Like, we're not going down for you. You know what I'm saying? Right. When the officers start questioning us, like, who are you, where you guys came from, what gang do you belong to, and all that, we're like, officer, we're not gang members. We have nothing to do with them. We don't even know them. Even the gang members is like, yo, they're not from our set. We don't know them either. Like, why are they here? And the officer's like, shut up. He kicked one of the guys in the face. Like, straight up kicked them. So me being the loudest one is like, yo, officer, take these cuffs off of me. I had nothing to do with this. He grabs me and my best friend, Jimmy, and tosses us in the back seat of the car and slams the door. So my friend starts crying, me and, me and my friend are crying because it's like, we're, good, we're getting in trouble for something we have nothing to do with. And the whole time I'm thinking, how am I going to explain this to my mother? How am I going to explain this to my mother? How am I going to explain this? You get what I'm saying? Right. Mm -hmm. These cops will lie and say that you did X, Y, and Z, and it's not true. Because nine times out of 10, who are you going to believe? The, the teenager or the cop. Right. So I'm like, I'm not going to prison. So those days I was limber. I was able to take my hands from behind my back, 
and I rolled over on my back. So my legs are in the air now because the cop wasn't paying attention. And those days I wore very thick boots with the thick soles and there was steel on the bottom of my shoes. So me and my friend, when we realized what I was up to, he rolled over on his back and we start kicking the back window of the car, of the squad car. Five kicks, the window shadows, shadows. And he's like, what the hell? And we're like, what the hell? I'm like, you want to go to jail? Come on. So we run out the back. We basically get back on our, get our bearings. And we, cause the cop opened the door to try and grab us before we could run out the window. So we ran out the window and we take off down the block running. And the whole neighborhood erupted in cheers like, yeah. And then the, the gang members saw what we did. They got up and ran off too, because they weren't cuffed. Only like five of them were cuffed. So everyone just scattered. So it's like, oh my God, I hope this fat officer does not shoot me. So we run into the projects and the janitor hides us. He's like, over here, quick. So I asked him after he got the cuffs off, cause he had a, he had a, um, a key. And we're like, why did you help us? He's like, kids like you don't rob people. He's like, I'm, he's like, just looking at you too, I know you had nothing to do with it. And I had to cut my hair. I was mad about that. <laughs> Cause you know, LYPD, you make them look stupid. They're going to be looking for you to pay for payback. So with that being said, I've had some interesting run-ins with the cops. You guys got any stories like that? Not really. I don't know. Like, I mean, in 04, there was a detective that had a problem with my little sister, but that's because she's, I'm sorry, but I love that kid to death, but that bitch was annoying. I'm, ser I'm serious. She put my mom through hell. Anyway, point is, she did something, cops rolled up to the house. Mm -hmm. And my mom was at work, and she was a minor, and I was there, but I was getting ready to, you know, go out myself. So... They, they come all, she opened the door. She said, no, you cannot come in. They, and I heard them push her out the way and come all the way in. I'm asleep. My door's open, but I'm sleeping. They come all the way into my room, talk about, you need to come with us to the precinct. I was like, you need to get the F out of my effing house before I lose my effing ass. And they were like, ma'am, please stop yelling at us. And then they did, they did this annoying thing where they put their hands up to try to talk to me like while putting their hands down like to get me to quiet down not in my house bro get out i just blow them i don't care the third one comes in hispanic dude i'm looking at him i don't know why but have you ever met somebody that boils your entrails like my insides were burning like <laughs> i was like i've never had acid reflux in my life and i think he triggered it i'm not playing Mm. He makes me go to the precinct with my with my little sister. They put her in a cell. I'm like, what are you doing? You haven't told us why we're doing this. You haven't told us what the charges are. You and why the hell is she in a cage? You didn't even take a picture of her. Nothing. Get her out of there right now, Miss. Come in and we, come in here. We need to talk. I was like, I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to. I don't need to talk to you. It's in the best interest to come in here and talk to us. I said, all right. I go them into the squad room. And this sneaky, snake-looking bastard looks at me and he goes, I just need her to talk. Apparently, my cousin, the one that I told you was driving at excessive rates for no reason, mm -hmm. she had run away from my aunt. 
Oh, they I wanted you to help her find where she is. And my aunt told them, I think she may be hiding with this one, with my little sister. So when uh, I did that, I saw her, I just slapped her right across the face. I just slapped her right across the face. I was like, this is a family issue and you brought them in. So according to you, you're blue before you're us. So fuck you and your ovaries too. She was like, no, we gotta talk. Don't be mad. I was like, don't ever speak to me again. Dude, this was in 05, 04, 05, something like that. Mm-hmm. After this last leg amputation, January 7th, 2020. Right. This was the first time I've spoken to her since. Wow. But she wanted to see me in the hospital because she thought I, I was dying or something. And I and even then I told her, I said, why don't you just go look for Batista? By the way, you could Google him. Uh, he may be coming out next year. Yeah, that dirty ass cop got arrested for running a prostitution ring. If you ever Detective Batista of the 9-0 precinct. Mm. And I told him right before I left. I smacked her in the mouth and then I was leaving. And I told him, I said, I don't know how, but you're gonna pay for everything you've done and I'ma find out about it. And I walked right the hell out. And then I said, if you don't give me my sister back, I'm just gonna sit right here until your boss comes. <laughs> and that's something I like to tell people. When you see certain things happen to people who have been doing dirt for years, as the saying goes, you may get away with what you have done, but eventually you answer for everything you have done. Exactly. Right. I don't know why people keep playing with karma. Like, y'all ain't learn she angry all the time. Yeah, and like, like for example, like, and what we're seeing is a clear case of karma because a lot of these officers, since the protests began, a lot of these officers have been getting attacked. There was one on video where I, one of the officers, he got hit in the back of the head with a brick. Fortunately for him, he was wearing a helmet. Then you had a group that was standing in front of Macy's. They got jumped by looters. I don't agree with that, but at the same time, like... This is the thing, right? And you're right. We shouldn't agree with that. I personally, like I told you, even though she and I didn't speak for a very long time, she's still family, mm. you know? Regardless of her reconditioning, you know, I still know she came from my grandma. For the love of God, she looks just like her. But my thing is this. Yeah, not all cops are bad. But I remember when I was little, if my little sister did something and I saw her do it and I didn't try to stop her or stop her, my mom was hitting everybody in the house. Everybody was getting it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Everybody was punished. Everybody getting punished. Everybody getting you know? whooped. So then we all we all had to learn. Like, like, look, look. You tired of getting hit because of me? Yes. I'm tired of getting hit because of you. So what we're going to do? All right, we got to stop. Okay, we should stop. And then we stopped. I mean, granted, we were 17 and on our way out. But, you know, we finally stopped. My thing is, I'm talking about quote-unquote petty crimes like i said little kid garbage you people are supposed to uphold the law you swore on a stack of bibles you swore on a bible that you would uphold the law and but instead what you did was that you took your gym time okay you took your racist issues you took your sexist issues and then turned around 
all right, and voided it out. Right. Not for nothing, but the way they're acting, somebody's ghosting. The way they're acting, yeah. somebody's ghosting. Like the video where the protester went up to the officer and he pushed her and she landed on the back of her. so hard that she rolled into the gutter, literally. Yeah, and then you had the one in Albany where they pushed an old man and he hit his head and blood was coming out of his ears. Yeah. And them helped him. Yeah. Them officers should be ashamed of themselves. Yeah, and our human yeah. stain in chief turned around and said, oh, well, maybe he's an agitator, maybe he's Antifa. And after. Do you eat? Oh, he probably did that on purpose. I'm sorry. I'm a, I'm a, I am going to throw myself on the floor and hit myself so hard that my ears bleed, meaning that there's serious damage to eardrums and brains. Yeah, okay. Exactly. And on top, well, fortunately, like, news got back that even, like, he was critical, but he's doing a little better. And people are coming forward defending him that, like, he's a known, like, you know, he's an actor. Cancer survivor. He's a, yes, he's a cancer survivor, and he stands up to... Who was asking them why they were forming into, into that line, why they looked so aggressive. Right. And that's what he was met a lot. Yeah. Now, he wasn't black. He wasn't um, holding up anything. What was the reason? The reason is because they turned into their little, you know, I don't even know, how, I don't even know what to call it. I was going to say Decepticons, but even they had order. They turned themselves into, you know, I'm turning off my brain. I'm just going to do what my boss said. <laughs> and just started walking down, marching down the street, you know? Turned into the typical us versus them mentality, the hive mentality, yeah. <laughs> because of that that quote unquote blue code. But here's something I want to address. Here's something I want to address. Earlier, I mentioned Jay Z, mm-hmm. right? right? I mentioned Mr. Carter, and he took a job with the NFL, and the title of his job is talent, um, supposed to be in charge of the Super Bowl halftime performance and race relations. Mm-hmm. And the only person that noticed how silent he has been, and I the only one. No, to be honest with you. To be honest with you, I've noticed, I've noticed that nobody has said anything. Or well, maybe, actually, or maybe it's because I'm jaded, or maybe it's because I have trust issues. Either one, take a pick. I don't care. But this is the way I see it. Honestly, I haven't heard anyone say anything of any substance. Well, to be honest with you, a lot of the people, and here's the thing, and this is something that we lately we've been doing in the black community. The people that have been speaking up from day one, they get ignored or swept under the rug and be labeled as corny. Oh yeah, that's nice. It's because you want to, you want the people who are quote unquote popping and their career is hot. You want them to speak, mm-hmm. but they say a word. Like if you're waiting for future of all people, Mister Toxic, to speak on race relations. <laughs> okay. Oh, and we're not even, we're not bringing him up, but Ice Cube, a man who wrote that anthem to protest police brutality, F the police. Mm-hmm. He and Queen Latifah basically said, if you want things to change, you can't go back to being normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
you you can't go back to being normal because when you go back to things being normal, that's how they work. Sense of complacency. Exactly. And then people are like, until it happens again. Yeah. Like no one's making conscious, no one's making music about police brutality. Oh, real quick, let me ask you a question, real quick. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about those cops that quote unquote kneel with the protesters? Ah, I was just about to bring that up. You know how I look at it? You know how I look at those guys? And I don't care if they hear this too. Because I'm pretty sure there are those who are in fact genuine. There are those who are genuine. But a lot of them, to me, it's lip service because they don't want to catch the backlash. I look at it as a man that consistently beats his wife, but because the neighborhood is aware of it and he doesn't want to catch the wrath of the neighborhood, he buys her flowers and he wants to be, and he's starting to be compassionate to her, and now he's become an advocate for domestic violence. Well, to, for me, it's a little, it's a little more black and white because, like I said, I have trust issues and I don't care. Um, <laughs> for me, it's the same thing, except that it's the abusive boyfriend, and when homegirl dumps his ass, shows up to her parents' house with flowers and candy and jewelry, so she, so yeah. she looks like an asshole if she doesn't take him back. Right. Yeah. Pressuring the narrative. Yeah. Yeah. And here, you wanna know why the police and the media is so outraged and they can't have a focus? Because this is the one time that they don't control the narrative. Yeah. This is the one, every other time with Michael Brown, Trayvon Martin, Eric Gardner, and the list goes on. They were always in control of the narrative. And they try to, and here's the one thing they always do consistently. They want to bring up something in the past that happened to justify this murder. Listen, in the Eric Garner so case, the guy that recorded it, for yeah, some, for some, mystery, for some mystery, mis mysterious reason, for some weird, odd reason, the judge reversed his order, issued a summon, a desk appearance, that they never told him about, and then issued an arrest warrant. Yeah. After yeah, he, he got him on the news, and he said, "Yeah, I recorded everything." And he just got out of jail two weeks ago. Wow! Tell me that's not the most disgusting thing ever. Like they're not even trying to cover it up anymore. Now it's more like "f you," and I don't care what you say. I don't even care what you do. You want to know what movie I was watching earlier? Mississippi Burning. And in the movie, if you haven't seen it. It's a tough movie to watch, but it's based on a true story. It has to do with the civil rights movement and how three civil rights activists were murdered in Mississippi and two FBI agents went to uncover what happened. During the time that they were down there, there was a young man who spoke to the feds. Unfortunately, the feds made the mistake of speaking to him in public. And three members of the Ku Klux Klan, well, it was five members. They firebombed his house. They threw a bomb on his front porch and it blew up and it blew up on his front porch. And they were all arrested because a little boy saw what happened. He was convinced to testify. Here's what happened. The judge found them guilty. Like they were guilty of sin. Here's what happened. But the judge said the reason why you guys did what you did because they were outside agitators. So I'm sentencing you to five years 
but I'm giving you a suspended, a suspended sentence. sentence, right? And it's like, and we're seeing that right now. This is what we are seeing with these officers that get paid first, they get paid leave or desk duty, and or they get fired. They come to court. But this is the thing. You know, like when they get fired, they don't lose their pension. How? Yeah, How? That, that makes no sense to me. You know who's a prime example of that? Of how hypocritical the blue code and the union is? I don't know if you guys remember, a couple of years ago, when a black officer killed a white Australian woman in Minnesota. Yeah. I remember that. They basically threw that guy to the wind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in but I we can't say much because unfortunately his body cam was turned off and his partner threw him under the bus. With that being said, when do you see a police officer throw another police officer to the wolves in that regard? When it's about saving his own skin. Because at the end of the day, and this is what I talk about when I say conditioning. Yeah. You're one of us. You're our brother, right? We all bleed blue. Uh, wait bro you messing with my money screw that so here's the thing though this same officer that they threw to the wolves he made a GoFundMe twice and GoFundMe took it down immediately Mm -hmm. but yet but yet when George Zimmerman who somehow is still alive made a GoFundMe when Officer Pantaleo made GoFundMe, these guys almost got 20 million. In fact, I don't know if you guys remember Officer Wilson, the man who murdered Michael Brown. Right. Not only did he get money from a GoFundMe. That's the guy that was wearing the green shirt that ran away and he shot him six times in the back? No, that's a different no. one. Okay. Oh my, you, do you see what I'm saying? I can't even keep them straight anymore. You think this is fair? I'm sorry, I don't know why I'm screaming. That is not for you. Let me relax. No, 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 I enjoy it. Here on the, here on the United States of Anarchy, we speak with passion, we speak with truth, we speak with conviction, so let it fly. It's all good over here. But my thing is, is like, okay, yeah, we're Officer Wilson, back to him. Not only did he get money from a GoFundMe and donations, but he got paid to come on ABC News and tell his side of the story. I don't know if you guys remember that. He got paid another 25000 to do the interview after he killed Michael Brown in St. Louis, Missouri. So, with that being said, and for listeners who are still naive or refuse to see what's going on, this is something that has been going on for decades after decade after decade after decade. Sweetie, centuries for centuries but let's go over the original purpose of police the original purpose of police was not to uphold the law it was to recapture no it was upholding the law because the law is that if i paid twelve hundred dollars for a slave that slave can't leave my plantation mm-hmm. that's what it was you and ironically you call them cops and then we also say i'm gonna go to the store and cop a water yep yeah. And, and do you notice those stimulus checks, how much they were? $1,200? Ironic, isn't it? 
ironic, isn't it? It's not ironic. It's not ironic. It's straight disrespectful. This is the same. This is coming from the same human stain that wants to hold a rally in Tulsa for his birthday. Which but he canceled it because he saw the backlash. Mind you, mind you. According to him, he's doing this because he's gonna start going on the campaign trail. Oh wait, yeah. there's 50 states in the United States. Why do you have to go there? Why? He knew what he was doing. He of knew exactly he what he was doing. doing. Stop it! Stop it! For those who don't know, Tulsa, Oklahoma, was the site of one of the biggest racially motivated. Okay. Riot in American history that we've never learned about in our history books because it was bleeped out of the history books. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, there were survivors and grandchildren of the survivors who know the story and told the story. In fact, the first episode of the new HBO series Watchmen briefly speaks on the the what Black Wall Street massacre. And funny enough, Black Wall Street wasn't the only neighborhood that that happened in. And they need, oh, wait, real quick, I'm sorry. They also need to stop saying, all right, that it was an angry white mob. They need to stop saying that. You know why? Because what they need to say is the truth. It was the government. You know why? Because at that time, because it was bombed. at that time, no matter how much money you had, you didn't have a plane to drop bombs on nothing. Exactly. And here's the thing how it all started the same thing that happened in rosewood another prominent mm-hmm. predominant black neighborhood yeah because you can and, do you can do whatever whatever as long as you ain't doing better than me exactly because i heard someone as, as a matter of fact this was said in mississippi burning i was watching this today where one of the characters was talking about his grandfather his father and how he poisoned the the black farmer's donkey and the father he was ashamed of what he did but he looked at his son and told him and i quote son if you are not better than an n-word who are you better than Mm -hmm. and here's the thing about rosewood this was a self-contained black neighborhood like black wall street oh crap uh, let's get her back. Let's get Destiny back. Okay. Something happened. Let's get her back. So while we wait for her to come back, um, we it was a self-contained black neighborhood, and it was both of them had the same scenario. A quote-unquote white woman was raped, and she accused a black man of doing it. And that was the excuse, and it just escalated from there. But the difference between Tulsa and Rosewood. The people of Rosewood fought back for as long as they could, and they evacuated people. Yeah, but they the end, never came back. Yeah, they never came back, and those neighborhoods never came back to prominence of what they once were. But back to the police unions, they are possibly the biggest part, biggest piece of the puzzle. Because they're the reason why police reform will possibly not happen as long as they are around. Because they want to shield the police in their wrongdoing. Listen, so as long how as you disgusting have... that union is. Let me tell you why I say disgusting. These are the same people. All right? These are the same people. 
that knew that they had cops on their force that had let themselves go due to depression, divorce, children, what have you. They knew that they had <clears throat> an obese epidemic, an obesity epidemic, and tried to hide it. How can you hide it when your cops cannot run after me and I ain't got no legs, man? They try to hide it. You know, you know what they try to do? This is how they this is how they chose to ignore the situation. We're just gonna hype up the Right. Cause everything is about money. They don't care. You know what's crazy? What I just described tells you that they don't even care about their own people. Yeah, sad but true, sad but true. So when we come back, we're going to talk about a certain athlete who started this conversation but was greatly ignored. In fact, he got blackballed for his trouble, but now he has been vindicated. Well, in my opinion. So we're going to have a roundtable discussion on that. And we're back. So... In this segment, we're going to talk about the other elephant in the room, the other piece of the conversation, which is a part which is the protest. In fact, the protest involves kneeling that was started by a certain someone with an afro who used to play professional football, but was blackballed. We all know him as Colin Kaepernick. So this segment is Colin Kaepernick indicated. Or has his, or is he not vindicated? I'll let you ladies take it away. Hmm. Vindicated? I mean, it sounds like he was. I don't like that word. I, I mean, look. The truth is, with the with the way things are going right now, hopefully he's. You know, he has more class than to just turn around and say, "I told you so." Because he did. He told you so. <laughs> <laughs> I personally feel that, this is how I feel, I feel that he was vindicated based on the fact that not only is everyone around the world taking a knee, including some of the same people who verified him in the media, in fact, a lot of the news reporters who changed the narrative of his protest are applauding police officers for taking a knee in the middle of the street with the protesters. Yeah, but you know how I feel about that, so. Yeah, we, we covered that. We covered that part. We covered that. So, with that being said, Roger, um, the commissioner of the NFL, he put out a statement talking about they stand with the protesters and they apologize to the players. But Colin Kaepernick was not mentioned at all of course not because quote unquote he started this because you know how it is they how can i put it they they will claim to quote unquote see the light but they're still going to speak the message yes yes we have seen this in sports this isn't the first time that we've seen a player stand for something and get screwed over Mm -hmm. in fact you know why yeah why? Because 
when you sign on the dotted line, you're not supposed to have a mind outside of play. Whatever sport you participate in, you, they want you to protest another way. They don't want you to interfere with what they got going on. You know what I'm saying? They care more about their money. It's the trophy wife clause. You know how every single one of them, when they get married, they got to sign something, and when they get divorced, they got to sign something else so they can't write a book about it? Right. It's the trophy wife clause, meaning, all right, you pretty, you younger than me, shut up, stand over there, talk to the other ones, and I'll come back to get you like this babysitting playtime. And for the players, it's the same thing. Make me look good on the field, make me some money, and in return, I'll give you some money, and that's it. Right. Yeah. Right. Destiny, how do you feel? Um, what was the question again? Um, how do you feel about the NFL's response to all the protests? And do you feel Colin Kaepernick has been vindicated? I think it's very hypocritical, for one. You know, how are you going to praise officers for doing the exact same thing that Colin Kaepernick was doing? Mm-hmm. But this isn't the first time we've seen athletes get blackballed in sports for speaking up against racial injustice. Mm-hmm. Here's another story, and it's true. Have either of you ever heard the story of the Syracuse Eight? Probably not, Dad. It was actually they were supposed to be called the Syracuse Nine, but in the papers they were referred to as the Syracuse Eight. It was a bunch of black athletes who were drafted to go play college ball at Syracuse. Mm-hmm. A lot of them noticed that they weren't really allowed to attend classes like their white counterpart, classmates slash teammates. In fact, while they were on the team, the sports doctor would not touch them. And the sports doctor wasn't even a sports doctor. He was, by trade, a gynecologist. Believe it or not. But anyway, moving on with the story. So they decided to protest that black college athletes are not being treated equally as white college athletes. So the coach called one of them into their office and he told him You can't be black and a football player at the same time. I repeat, you can't be black and a football player at the same time. Now, word of this got to the media. And it turned into something else. Because that's what the media does. They take a narrative and change the narrative to fit their purpose to vilify. They went from being college athletes to being called black militants or the blacks mm-hmm. and once you're labeled a black militant or a black agitator it means I'm about to make your life a living hell now so naturally all of them were blackballed out of not only playing college sports but playing professional sports now one of them went to Canada to see if he could play in the Canada league football league to you know escape the NFL but unfortunately for him, the NFL had more influence than he thought. Uh-huh. So the recruiters up there told him that you have too much baggage. You're, you're bad for business. So all 
nine of because it was nine of them. All nine of them basically lost everything. Yeah, were speaking up for what is for just wanting an education while playing the sport that they love. Here's another example. I'm pretty sure you all, we all know this story of Jesse Owens and the other player when during the playing of the national anthem at the Olympics, they raised their fist mm-hmm. in black power. And the most notable of them all, Muhammad Ali, for speaking out against the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. And the draft. Mm-hmm. The draft. But here's the thing about Muhammad Ali, unlike a certain commander-in-chief that we all know. He avoided the draft, but he suffered the consequences. Not only was he stripped of his license, stripped of his championship, he was jailed for two years. Mm-hmm. And that's possibly the worst thing you can do to an athlete. Yeah. Take them out of sports in their physical prime. So when he got back into boxing, the landscape had changed drastically. You had big boots like Sonny Liston, the Iceman and Big Bad George Foreman. And I don't know if you guys know what George Foreman looked like back in the day, but I wouldn't fight, I wouldn't want to fight him. a black butterbee. Yeah, I went there. Yeah, <laughs> but he was big as a tank. He was a butterbean, but he could put people down. I know. And fast too, that was the thing. A lot of people was like, oh, he was slow, he was a mummy, but if you watch the fight between because it's hard to stagger with all of that on you he really was a tank yeah a lot of people don't understand that guys like george foreman like they may be big and slow but if they corner you that's it but they're getting off the top they're blunt yeah that hand lands is going to be a brick in your face yeah so and he's not the only one who had to deal with chastisement before muhammad ali was even thought of there was another legendary boxer who was actually the first, not only the first black heavyweight, but the first black undisputed champion, never defeated, the notorious Jack Johnson. His reputation was as long as his list of knockouts. And back then they fought under the London prize fight. He once beat a guy so bad, his teeth were stuck in his gloves. Because back then, they, they, were, they didn't really have the boxing gloves that we have now. And they called Jack Johnson every name in the book in the newspaper. From the C-word to the Jigaboos, you name it, they called him that. In fact, they actually, they instigated the only other undisputed champion. I don't know if you heard of him, Cinderella Man Jim Jeffries. Uh-huh to come out of retirement just to fight Jack Johnson. And he got knocked out. In fact, when they saw that Jim Jeffries was losing, all the promoters, all the trainers ran into the ring and they were screaming, don't let the N-word knock him out. Don't let the N-word knock him out. But one thing they hated about Jack, two things they hated about Jack Johnson. He wasn't not only just a womanizer, he only messed with white women. They passed a law specifically to target him, which is called the man law, which is a black man cannot cross state lines 
to gallifrant and fornicate with a white woman. The man law. That was surpassed specifically for him. And he was known for speeding. And unfortunately, that's how he died. In a car, in a car crash. A lot of boxers wear the side of relief, but he's also an inventor. Do you know the monkey wrench? Jack Johnson invented that. In fact, it wasn't even called the monkey wrench. It was called a wrench. But the word monkey was attached to it because Jack Johnson is black. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That I knew. I just didn't know the name of the person who invented it. Uh Uh-huh. And here's another thing that they hated about Jack Johnson. No matter what they called him, no matter what they said to him about him in the paper to his face, they hated the fact that when he was in the ring, he would do nothing but smile and laugh. And he would have full conversation with the people in the front row while he's beating the hell out of white boxers. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And that's where, they, that's where the hatred comes from. We yeah. really are faster, stronger. Mm-hmm. We Johnson, you know what I mean? Think about it. You take any one of these pasty people, right? right. And drop them off in the middle of the Dominican Republic to play Bear Grylls and try to survive, and they cannot. They will not. Because if a bug bite don't kill them, the sun will. And if the sun don't kill them, okay. the lack of survival, sk- survival skills will. You don't, you don't want the night to catch you without shelter. But anyway. <laughs> but that's the they can't, they can't, it's, like, it's like Adrian told Rocky, all right? They can't win, all right? That's what's going to happen. And the problem is that instead of thinking, I well, since you already taught us how to bathe, you know, thank you Egyptians and Africans. You already told us how to bathe and how to like try to live life free. Then, all right, so teach me more stuff. Instead of doing that, it was more like, nah, screw it. Let me just piggyback off you and you can handle the rest. Yeah. All right. But back to Colin Kaepernick. Because a lot of people, because I had this conversation with a few people. Listen, that some people four years ago talking till he was blue in the face. Okay? And now people want him to speak again, but I'm like, but, uh, he yeah. spoke four years ago. It's like, this is the thing. It's like when you get mad at your mom, you have a fight with your mom, and you're like, screw that, I'm moving out. Yeah. She's mad at you and don't talk to you for three days. And then on that fourth day, you're like, all right, stop, talk to me. She don't got to. She don't yeah. got to. Because you already know what's up. If you want to keep going your way, then do it. But you're not going to bother me about it. Yeah. So I don't feel like he has to say anything. The man that yeah. is blue in the face. Yeah, he said everything. And he explained it to us slow, too. He didn't he agitate it. He didn't get loud like I do. He explained it to everybody slow. Like He said it nicely. You. He said it bluntly. He said it silently. He said it with his actions. He said it with money. He said it with visuals. Nobody would listen. So now, when all of this is blowing up in people's face, it's like, okay, you didn't respect a silent, peaceful protest. You want to get upset when people are burning stuff down? You didn't respect the other one. You wanted to either dismiss it or vilify it. Because when he said, I'm protesting police brutality, they said it was about the flag. Here's the thing to people who feel that way. If people of color wanted to protest the flag, I believe we'd be justified. And it would be an argument you'd lose. 
for the simple fact that about 50 or so years ago, our grandparents and some of our parents that lived back then couldn't even be seen holding the American flag publicly. Mm-hmm. And furthermore, what has that flag done for you personally? Not a damn thing. Now, don't get me wrong, I bleed red, white, and blue, but I am bluntly honest. Oh, I don't bleed nothing but red. My blood is in my body, and I don't want that shit spilled out. Sorry. Nobody I will never spill. fight for this country. Never. Let me tell you why. Exactly. Why would I fight for something that keeps fighting me? That's, yeah. like, defend- yes. that's like defending my abusive um, ex-husband. Is that- Does that make sense? Yeah. No. Exactly. You can't defend something... It's like, okay, how can I put it like this? It's like a dude that's friends with his bully, and the bully keeps violating him. Right. Or just... Like, for, like for example, the, the rapper Tax Stone, right? I have no idea what that is. That's his name, Tax Stone. He's, he's basically... He was a neighborhood bully, and he speaks out against bullying now because he got what was coming to him. He said he used to bully this guy. He said he used to do the most vile things to him. Like, he'd see him with his girlfriend. He'd go and grab his ass. He'd go and grab his ass in front of his girlfriend, kiss his girlfriend in front of him, like, do little stuff like that. One day, he finally crossed the line and spit in his face in front of his mother. So the guy went and got a gun saw him coming out of his building and shot him in the face and because of it he is basically blind in his left eye and people are like he's like that's why i tell people don't bully someone don't bully people because sooner or later that person is going to stand up to you well my whole thing is i get it but i don't get it this is why when I was in the fourth grade, I was nine years old. Mm-hmm. But I was built like George Foreman. I was a tank of a kid. I was big, big as hell. But my feelings and my brain were still nine years old. Right. And this big chick, about 14 years old, too old to be in the eighth grade, but there she was. Daniela <laughs> kept fucking with me. Every time, my mom used to give me exactly a quarter every day. That's all I was getting out of her, a quarter. A quarter. And, and she would take the quarter. I was, you know, and with that quarter, I'd go get ice cream, especially on the nice days. Like a, a day like today, but on a Tuesday, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm in school, it's hot, we go in a recess, I want one. So I used to get myself the little orange pops. Yeah. You know, so I go get it, and she said, for the birds, man, I didn't know what the hell she was talking about. I didn't even know she was talking to me. Smack my hand, my ice cream hit the ground. And she would do this all the time. She did this three days straight. Wow. On Friday, she messed up my hair. Do you know that once your mother sets your hair with the coconut oil and braids it down, you are not allowed to touch this? Like, God is going to have to go and ask your mother permission because you can't even get through. And she messed up the, uh, the front of my head. So, you know, the big old crown waving in the wind. And my mother's like, what happened to your hair? I said, oh, there's a girl in my school and in the school and um and, and I'm stuttering. She's like, does she is she here? What are you afraid of? Talk to me. And I'm looking at her like, uh, you're a bully too, lady. Damn. 
<laughs> so she goes, háblame. And I told her what happened. And she dead ass looked at me. She put, she grabbed, she grabbed my face with her hand. And she said, look at me when I'm talking to you. And I looked at her. And then she said, don't look at me like that. Because when you got big green eyes, it just looks menacing. Oh, well, I didn't know. <laughs> so she goes, look at me when I'm talking to you. And I looked at her. And she said, don't look at me like that. And I'm like, all right, I'm confused. I'm going to just look at my shoes. I don't know what's happening. Grabs my face, stays like that. And then she goes, if I find out that you let her hit you again, I'm going to hit you. Yeah, said, okay. that's the speech. I said, okay. And then I said, but what if I get in trouble? She said, don't worry about nothing. Just worry about yourself. I was like, okay. Monday, because, you know, I already got played. So guess what happened Monday? I didn't get the damn quarter, so no ice cream. So chick is acting like she don't even know me today because today there's nothing to mess with me about. Okay, cool. No problem. Tuesday, I'm still, I, I guess I'm still on punishment because she ain't give me no damn quarter again. I'm like, yo, this chick really just messed with everything. I didn't get the ice cream and I'm punished. This doesn't make no damn sense. <laughs> Wednesday, my mother turns around and gives me a freaking dollar. Yeah, I was balling. I'm a millionaire. You don't even, you don't, you don't even understand. Like I was like beside myself. I was like, I got a whole damn dollar. But wait, I've been punished before. So let me go ahead and save this because you never know. Right. So I get, you know, I get on the line. Boom! They don't got the damn orange one. The one I like, they didn't even have it. I was like, look at this. I don't even need this damn money. Because I'm not going to buy something I don't like. So, And right. I'm very picky. Right. Oh, I'm picky so. They don't got mine. And then I said, wait, what's that? And the lady says, the lady that was selling the ice cream, she goes, oh, we got a new one. It's called Strawberry Shortcake. I said, Strawberry what now? I said, how much is that? She said, 35 cents. I was like, God, that, okay. She said, okay. I said, okay. And I bought it. Son, I was in heaven. I'm eating this thing and this chick comes right out but she goes full up but I heard her I heard her so when she hit my hand nothing happened except for one little problem because I'm fat I already told you I was almost done with it I finished eating it in front of her and she looked at me like someone was gonna and she grabbed me by my shirt oh by the way Catholic school so then you know them shirts wrinkle fast and I'm not trying to iron again. Not when it's so close to the weekend. Are you crazy? No. And by the way, my mother had me doing my own shirts by the time I hit the third grade. This is fourth grade. I've been doing this for a year. You are not gonna make me iron again. Hmm. I, lost it. I lost it. I'm talking about I bit this chick in the face. I pulled her hair. I scratched her like I was trying to get at her eyeballs. Sometimes she was a mess. She was a mess. And I don't care. I was a mess too. She really did get she really did get on my shirt. But that's all she got was I couldn't touch my head, I couldn't touch my face. I know she threw some punches because I felt them on my back, but you don't really care when your teeth are in somebody's face. You just don't care. So when they took me down to the office, guess who's there? Mom. My mother was there paying the tuition and her parents were there because she was already on academic probation. She was about to get kicked out anyway. Bonanno, Mrs. Bonanno, I mean, really, you have to talk to Charlene because she did this and she did this. My mother's like, okay, I'm gonna talk to her right now. Okay. And they put they sent they sent me and my mom to my principal's office so I could get hit in private. They really thought I was gonna get hit behind this. My mother's like, what you did? I said, I bit in the face. She was salty. I think it's tears. 
my mother was like, no, I think it was blood. Look at your shirt. I was like, ah. I started crying because, you know, you can't get blood out of shirts. You just can't. Yeah, you can't. That's, that's not happening. Like, Calmate, yeah, shut up. She was telling me to calm down. And then she goes, let me see your teeth. Did she hit you? I was like, I think so, but I'm not sure. She was like, let me see. I turned around. She's lifting up my sweater and my shirt and looking around. Nothing happened to me. But this chick, boy, I swear to God, she never, ever tried it again. And then that's it. By the following, by September, she was gone. I never saw her again. Yeah. Because academic probation is going to throw you out. But the point is, like, you can't keep But that's what I'm saying. You cannot. You cannot. I, like I said, look, the only reason why I let it rock was because I really didn't know what was going on. i never been bullied before. Like, yeah. the only bullies I've ever faced were in my house. And it was usually just verbal nonsense, you know? Like, right. I remember one time, my uncle, by the way, we're only seven years apart. So, technically, it's my grandmother's fault that we were fighting so much. But anyway, point is, he looks at me and he goes, you know why your father's dead? He died when he saw your face and you so ugly. And I said, oh, and I said, well, at least I know he's dead. Where the hell's your dad? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but again, I was used to this at home. Like, I wasn't, you know, like, school, school for me was my respite from these damn people. Right, right, but when right, she right. came on, I was like, who the hell is this? And why are you talking to me? Ew. And that's why it took yeah, me a but- minute. But once I realized what was going on, straight animal. Come at me. <laughs> but, but here's the thing, though. But, but that's the thing. And I keep telling people, like, you, whether it be online, in the streets, whatever, and this life, you can't keep picking at the same person or the same group of people and they somehow nothing happens to you. Either they're going to do something to you or they're going to take that same mentality and do it to somebody else and that person's not going to take it. Or they could be a psychopath like me. Let me tell you the truth. Once my mom gave me the permission, well, actually, once she forced me, it was a wrap. It was a wrap. Yeah. But had I had a and mom did- that was like, ooh, turn the other cheek and that, and that nonsense would have continued, I guarantee you to this day, I would have been Googling her until I found out where she lived and if she had kids or a dog and I'd have set everything on fire. I'm, I'm a psychopath and I don't care. I, I'm aware of it, so I keep it in check. But yeah, you never know who you're going to trigger. Yeah. You go around doing certain things. And a prime example of that is, 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 is our commander in chief. And I said this on my episode, um, Trump, the first four years, in my final thoughts. The reason why he is the way he is is because he's never been humbled. He's never been checked. But I mean humble and checked. You can tell the kids that never, that were popular their entire life, that they had friends, that they never fought anyone, they were the bullies. You can tell just by how they carry themselves. You can tell that they all, you know what I'm saying? They've never been, they've never been humbled. severely brain damaged or has a seriously low self-esteem problem will come up with the crap that he does 
Exactly. And, and it's sad. And it's sad. And here's the thing with me and how I look at him at the t- at this point moment. Him and his whole cabinet. You got this guy, Mitch McConnell. I call him Ronald McDonald because, as far as I'm Don't concerned, he's a clown. Don't ever disrespect Ronald, okay? Don't ever disrespect <laughs> Ronald, right? <laughs> I'm not even about to defend him. <laughs> Mitch McConnell ain't shit, okay? Let me tell you something. Anybody, anybody that runs along with that disgusting, weird little grin makes me want to automatically shield my children. Be like, don't look at it. Don't look at it. He always looks like those guys that used to wear the trench coat in the 70s. He does. Yeah. He does. He looks like, he, does, like he, he looks like a creep. And every time you look up, and this is my major problem with him, the Trump administration, and many people, they keep bringing up Barack Obama. Saying he do this, he didn't do that. Here's the thing. He's no longer the president. I'll be honest with he you, I firmly to- believe they masturbate to this man's name. Yeah? Obviously, I'm like, yo, Barack, at this point in time, Barack Obama should change his name to Big Billing so his name would stay out of their mouth. But then again, they probably would enjoy that too. Listen, I have never, ever used one name so much. Dude, not even my. Okay, and I spent the first 10 years of my life harassing my mom. You know what I'm saying? Like, I never, ever in my life so, oh my God, dude, like, I can't even, I can't even. And like you said, it's been damn near four years since this man left office. Zero scandals. And now they want to come with that too. And they want to talk. The biggest scandal that he had is because he wore a cream suit to work. Okay, yeah, the, the can't see. Glad the man showed up to work in a suit. If it was me, I'd have showed up to work with the baggiest jeans you ever seen. Some by Harley Davidson boots. Sir, I ain't got no my legs. Car. I'm showing up in a two piece. Like what? But again, this is a quote unquote man's world, and what he did wasn't quote unquote professional. Although. Since I usually worry about healthcare, health insurance, dental, vision for my daughter, I really don't care what you're wearing as long as the job gets done. But that's just exactly the thing that's killing them. The thing that's killing them is that they are no longer within the window to say, "Oh, this was this guy's fault." They can't do it anymore. It's over. It's been over for four years. Well, for one, they really couldn't have said it at all. The, th- the funny thing is, the funny thing is, I don't know if you guys remember, you better remember, uh, the other one. What's his face? Help me. Bush Jr. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Bush Jr. sent everybody 300 bucks so we'll forget that under his watch, we hit a weird-ass depression. Mm-hmm. Okay? Houses yeah. were upside down on mortgages. People were getting... Evicted, banks were like, "Yo, I'll give you this house if you got 25 G's right now." You know? Speaking of evictions. Oh no, that's evictions. coming. That's coming, honey. That's coming. This is gonna be a bloody summer. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah because they're saying that because of COVID, people weren't working. Some people weren't paying their rent. Mm-hmm. Well, think about it. Think about it. If you got 
one kid, all right? I'm not going to tell you about those families that have two and three. I'm only going to talk to you about my family. I got one kid, one human being. You really think I'm going to sit there and figure out if I should buy tomorrow's breakfast, lunch, and dinner or pay this rent? Are you serious right now? Are you serious right now? Yeah. 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 Those are the type of choices you got to make. And it's sad that we live in the quote-unquote most powerful country in the world, but there are people who work two jobs just to have enough money to qualify as broke and have to decide what bills they can hold off on paying or what I'm going to eat. That's sad. People have to decide to get their medication too. Because that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm a type 2 diabetic on disability. So it's either get my insulin and end up rationing it, you know, half the month. Yeah. Or pay mm-hmm. these damn bills. I'm sorry. When the hell was the last time you saw a seven year old raise herself? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and have to get my insulin. I'm sorry, right, man. Not never. You know, I'm just saying, like, it don't make no sense. It don't make... And the fact that you think... The fact that you think that I'm going to have to sit here and make that choice shows me that you are the one living in a crazy world. Yeah. And you know the thing about it is the people who don't understand it are the same people who don't live it. The funny thing is, the people that don't understand it are the people that don't live it. And the people that don't live it are the same ones making this happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I 100% agree. Listen, when this fool but, cut my my disability income by 200 bucks per month, it adds up. I was mm-hmm. like, oh no, 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 special place in hell. Mm-mm. Nope. Oh, that's not all he did. No, Recently, so far to me, that's because we're not. Pay- I'm just waiting for him to just drop dead in public and have people just piss and shit on him. Oh, sorry, but whatever. Continue. <laughs> That's not all he did. He recently repealed an Obama era law that states a physician or doctor can actually refuse to treat anyone who falls under the bracket of LGBTQ. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I read about that. Yes, sir, yeah. I did. He, re- he repealed that. It's like anything that Obama put in yeah, place. Yeah, he wants to destroy it. You know bomb- who he is? You know who he is? You, ever, you guys ever seen Toy Story? Yeah. He's the kid with the yeah. black hair. Sid. He's Sid. He's Sid. Yeah. That. I honestly. Yeah. I look at I look at him as a, a, a modern day Hitler mixed with Thanos from the Avengers. Anything that is good for the people, he just snaps it out of his. You see, you're giving him too much importance. Scare the children or you know those less educated than him so that he can feel important but he ain't shit. No. Yeah, we know. We know. Okay. We know. Well. Well thank you, Miss Charlene. Oh wait, and yes, and I need the world to hear this. So wherever this goes, I need you guys to forward this. He is a mm-hmm. an incestuous pedophile. That little yes. girl with the denim with the denim um jacket and the denim skirt and all those pictures, that's his daughter. 
Yeah. Oh, by the way, in 1994, I believe, or 89. I don't remember if it was 84. I mean, 94 or 89. But he was on that filthy show, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous with Robin Leach, where he said mm-hmm. out of his mouth, go look at the tape. What does your child look like? And he said, oh, well, I mean, I'm hoping she grows up to look like her mother. But right now she's only one, so she doesn't look like it much. And made the big boob sign in front of his chest. Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yes, sir. And Epstein did kill himself. But uh, Hillary Clinton didn't either. He did it. Because he don't want his dirt to come out. Yeah. But um, that, that last part, Happy. don't quote me because I wasn't there. But I'm 100% sure that that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so thank you, Miss Destiny, and thank you, Miss Char- Charlene, for joining me on the Anarchy. I hope you guys return for part two of this episode where we discuss more in depth on race relations yes, as well as color. <laughs> we are going to discuss more of where do we go from here. So when we come back, I'm going to give the audience my final thoughts. And we're back. So here are my final thoughts. Once again, I would like to thank Miss Destiny and Miss Charlene for contributing to this first part of the roundtable discussion of current events, putting their two cents, as well as venting their frustrations on the current regime and things that have been going on. So here are what I have to say. It's a shame that it has to come to destruction of property and civil unrest for people to get simple thing called justice. No justice, no peace. But here's the thing about peace. Is peace a lie? A comfort that we are told? Or is it something that everyone in their life, regardless of whatever walk of life that you live, deserves? Over and over again, we see these injustices play out. And over and over again, we see justice not be certain. So my question is this to you, the listeners, and the people around the world. When is everyone going to get a fair shake? When is justice really going to be blind? Hmm? To the agitators who are infiltrating these movements of change, I say to you this, shame on you. Shame on you. And I hope you get your just desserts and you are exposed for who you are. For the peaceful protesters, stand strong. It's a difficult time, but you're fighting a just cause. For you looters, I do not condone your actions. I understand a riot is the voice of the unheard, but that does not justify stealing. And if you are using this, time of unrest to satisfy your own selfish needs you are part of the problem if you are still at this point in time promoting violence against your own when you should be promoting peace you are also part of the problem if you are part of the police unions, the corrupt police unions, not all of you but some people like Pat Lynch who want to shield murderers corrupt, you are part of the problem. 
Join us next time when we have more guests to have an even fuller roundtable discussion on what has been going on and where we go from here. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, Rage Against the Machine, Love, Peace, and Chicken Grease, deuces. <laughs>